Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Hi, how are you doing today? Good afternoon. My name is Lillian, your brown sugar. You're listening to Africa Tech Radio. Yes, so today on Africa Tech Radio, what we're doing is pretty simple. We take you back into time, take you back to when tech take you back to when gadgets how they were used in the past when they were first invented you know and how they have actually changed right now so like i said my name is lillian and you're listening to africa tech radio you're listening to tech me back previously i shared some ways technology was used in education in the past and I told you about when the radio and TV, you know, when they were used for education, they'll gather around and uh, people who could not be, you know, could not afford school. The people in rural areas will use the radio while people at home would use the television if they had money to purchase one. There was, um, inter- the, now we have internet learning, but then it was actually radio and TV that was used. It's still used in some parts of Nigeria and uh, Africa because Of course, technology has not advanced in in many other places. Like they don't have access to new technology in other in many places. I also told you about the overhead projectors. I told you about the film projectors. Told you about the slide projectors, blackboard. And you think that that all I said last time was all that there is in you know all the tech that was used in the past for education. But you will be mistaken. There are many more. So consider this part two. My name is Lillian and of course I am giving you beautiful, beautiful content on Tech Me Back where I take you back into time to show you how much technology has changed in order to tell you, you know, how they have evolved. (laughs) I don't know if you understand what I just said. But you know, we are in the technology space right now. We're in the technology sector. I started off this with the medical sector, right? And now we are in the education sector. We are in the education sector. So that last time, so this is the part two. See, I can't believe that there are people who actually miss primary and secondary school. Like you hear them say, oh, nostalgia. I wish I could just go back to primary school. You see all these questions where people ask, like you should choose between, you know, going back into time or going into future or staying where you are with some money. And I tell people that I'll always choose staying where I am. I don't know why I have this mindset, but for me, my past was not fun. Like, you know how, I don't know if people are looking at it from this aspect. You are struggling in life to elevate. You're struggling in life to be better. And then like with every step you take, you are actually better. That is my life. With every step I take, I am moving on to a better place. I'm moving on to a better place in my education, in my finances, in my mental state, my knowledge. And then you ask me if... I would choose to go back to my secondary school. For what? My secondary school was filled with examination and papers and actually attending classes. So I really don't know why people will tell you they missed their primary school. I was not a fan of primary school. I was not a fan of secondary school. My primary school, I was always bitten. In my secondary school, I always missed class. If my parents heard this, they would say, hmm, where were you going? They didn't know I missed class. And I actually regretted it when I entered university because I wasn't one who liked the classroom. Not until I entered the university. When the consequences of your actions or your inactions will be visible. They're looking at you in your eyelashes. Eyeball to eyeball. You know, 
the results that you get at the end of the semester is literally the consequences of your actions throughout school. So when I got to the when I got to the uni, I realized that I should have taken my secondary school more seriously. I should have read intentionally. I never read for anything in my secondary school. I cannot remember sitting down and opening a book to actually study. The only time I, time I studied was when I wanted to write my YAC and I was studying past questions. And that is not a good thing, right? I had the potential to do more. I was a s- smart kid, but I didn't apply myself. But the very first year in university, <laughs> in the university, when I entered the university, I realized that Lillian... You have to study. I literally, for the first time in my entire life, did midnight study. I didn't sleep. For the first time in my entire life, I put my legs, my foot in water so I wouldn't sleep and I would study. And it was visible when my results came out. School is beautiful, but only when you apply yourself. Maybe that's why I don't, I don't enjoy, I didn't enjoy my primary school, my secondary school, but I enjoyed my uni. Do I want to go back? <laughs> oh, you're serious. <laughs> no <laughs> never i might study something else in the future but go back no i only want to go forward but i don't want to jump ahead in time i want to enjoy the ride someone said i think that was steve harvey that people are always focused at the destination oh my gosh i want to be rich i want to down to blah, 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 blah. but they really they fail to realize that the destination is end of life is end of life that is a destination so the journey is actually living itself it's like life itself the journey is when you get your first car the journey is when you get your degree the journey is when you get your job move from that job to another the journey is when you fall in love with the first person because of course people will come and people will go so that is the journey the end the destination is end of life so let us start enjoying the journey i don't want to go ahead i don't want to you know go ahead in time i don't want to go back in time I like exactly where I'm staying. I don't know if people, there are people around who have this school of thought because whenever I ask this question, we're giving you this amount, will you go back in time? Or more, you know, amount you give me where I go back. Unless I'm going back with the knowledge I have now. Even though secondary school was so stressful in Nigeria, anywhere, I don't know how it is in other countries. But why I'm talking about this is I also remember the stories my parents told me about when they were in, in, in <laughs> when they were in school right my parents would tell me how they crossed seven seas and climbed seven mountains daily to get to school you know and on the on the road they encounter wild animals <laughs> don't mind me i'm just adding that for spice but they told me how they'll say from here now to Oshudu was where my my my, my uh, school was and we used to go there every day and it would be with, with our uh, metal box which would be dragging or put on our head that it was really stressful and all parents seem to say the same thing now it is highly possible although they might be exaggerating on the, the distance but it might also be possible that that is the distance because schools were not everywhere it might be just one school for the whole local government you understand so a lot of people will have to travel but some will be lucky that it will be just at their backyard right but between then and now life has changed dramatically tremendously in a very large extent tech has indeed changed life tech has made everything easier because of the emergence of construction tech and the emergence of transport tech all these construction materials were now made available and they were made available at a cheaper rate for people to be able to build schools and more schools, which reduced the travel time for students, right? And then the way they studied, my father will tell you how he used to study under a tree and they had this, you know, they used to write on wood, 
right? And from what it, they graduated to using books and you see how tech has evolved. So it is very important for us to tell you how we started, where we are right now. And that will now form our decision and form our vision as to where we can be tomorrow. Very soon, this book I'm telling you about will be something that people will say, ah, back in the days. Do you know that this is a book? Do you know this is how book, books were used? In, 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 on WhatsApp the other time, I, was, I saw a video of two people who saw different videos, right? These two people were with a tape, a, an audio cassette tape, and they were just looking. Like they gave them to see how they can use it. And it, the way they were looking through it, someone someone looked at it as it was like like a camera. Like it was so ridiculous, but this is something we use in our own time, right? And, and that is how a lot of things they gave this lady a, a mobile phone, the one that had this rotating um number number keys, and she didn't know what to do with it. She said, This is doesn't there's no Wi Fi on this. <laughs> so that is how it, you know tech has evolved. But let us start with mimographs. Mimographs was used back then. Mimograph machines were used to create handouts and worksheets for their students. Now, there was no photocopying machine. There was no photocopying machine. There was no computer. How can they be photocopying machine at that time? So how can teachers do a lot of copies for their students? Because let me tell you something. There's one person that's uh, one group that tech affected and that was teachers i was a teacher for a while and i can tell you for a fact that it affected us but mimographs <laughs> were used to make copies so how did it work these machines would print copies of a document by transferring ink from a stencil to paper so there's like this round stencil let's say it is like a and it's something to use let's say it is like a thin sheet of metal but you bend that metal to form a circle, right? So the, there's an outer surface, a broad outer surface. So it's cylindrical, right? And then on that metal, there are stencils. What do I mean by stencils? There's a shape of, say, an apple. There's a shape of a ball. There's a shape of, of the letters. The, those things are already printed on it and it is um, protruding. So they, they, they take this stencil and they'll dab it in ink and take that same stencil and you know press it against plain sheet of paper it transfers whatever it is on that stencil to that so if you know what a stamp is imagine that that is a cylinder filled with stamps not filled but covered the outer part is covered so you're just pressing it against it so i'll just you know equate this with stamps because that's how stamps actually work so mimographs were a popular technology in the mid 20th century and they were commonly used in schools to produce handouts and other printed materials for students. Now, these machines worked by creating a stencil. They made it of, from wax or you make of paper attached to a drum or a cylinder. Then you attach a, a, apply an ink to it. Then you transfer the image to a text of paper. Now, one of the advantages of mimographs was that they were relatively inexpensive and easy to use, making them accessible to many schools and teachers. They could also produce multiple copies of a document quickly, making it easier for teachers to distribute materials to their students. Also, mimographs allowed teachers to customize their materials for each class rather than relying on pre-printed textbooks or workbooks. But, of course, everything has its limitations. The quality of the printed material would always vary because... The, the quality of the stencil had a very important role to play on that. And it could make it difficult to produce high-quality images or even text. Now, the machines also required a certain level of skill and experience to operate. 
and it could be a challenge for some teachers, really. So mimographs were eventually replaced by photocopiers, which offered higher quality prints. And photocopiers, you know, actually did a lot. Now, I told you I was a teacher, right? I thought in the year 2010. 2010 to 2013, when I got admission into the uni. But then 2013, like the uni could not start then. So they told us to resume in January 2014. I went back to the school and say, I said, Ma, uh, excuse me, ma'am. I know I've resigned though, but I want to come back to work because I cannot stay at home until my school actually resumed. Like I worked until the day before I had to go to school. <laughs> I like working, but I like money more. So why am I saying this? When I was teaching, would give the children lessons. It's their toddlers, so these ones, uh, they, they, they want to match the same shapes or the same objects, you understand? So how would it, since it's on the notebook, we had a box, we had several boxes full of stamps, and then we'll have an ink, then you would manually do that. You manually create what they should match. Oh boy, oh boy. It was really stressful working manually. So it's not like there was no, there was no computer. The computer there was like ancient of days computer. But it was not even used for that. It was used for other things because things are expensive, you know, for copying machines, the inks like that they use, the papers, oh, the papers. So that was that. And students, teach, about the mimographs, teachers and students, they, if you ask them, people will tell you about the fond memories they have of these particular, the ink was always purple. Oh, I, I I remember that, and I I and I was around in this twentieth. <laughs> oh gosh, okay, scratch that. Now the next thing I want to tell you about is typewriters. Typewriters, of course, you know them. <laughs> typewriters. I had a typewriter in my house. We had two typewriters, one beautiful fancy one, and the other was just so heavy and was better than the fancy one, but. I mean, it's always good to have things, cute things to look at. And typewriters were very common. They were very common technology throughout much of the 20th century. I can't believe that I will live in a time where there will be no typewriters around. I mean, typewriters were everywhere, man. And typewriters were commonly used in schools, universities. Typewriters were used by writers. In fact, a lot of writers like using typewriters. I don't know if it grounds them or something, but they love it. Uh, until it's time to save their work on cloud, then it's a problem. <laughs> but it, it was commonly used in schools and universities to produce a wide range of educational materials. And teachers and administrators also used typewriters to create exams, worksheets, study guides, and other documents that were then distributed to students. Now, one of the key advantages of typewriters was that it had speed and convenience right they allow teachers to produce large quantities of printed materials you know relatively quickly if you look at how things are done now but back then it was quick wow there's this new technology it is very very fast <laughs> oh my gosh come to the to, to 2023 where you can dictate for the computer to write your notes for you where you can, the computer can convert your audio your spoken word to written word so things have actually dramatically changed but you know then it was really fast and typewriters allowed for a degree of customization and personalization that was difficult to achieve with pre-printed materials i remember when they would give you exam sheets and it is type it is type reading because when you see the back of the of the paper you see the protruding texts it's just so fun <laughs> 
But when computers came and digital technology came, typewriters gradually fell out of use in educational settings. I can't remember when last I saw the typewriter that was in my family house. But that was a very cute thing to see. Oh, Well, they still remain an important part of, of history. People put it in museums these days because children of nowadays don't know what typewriters are or what they were used for. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you more about how tech has evolved over the years. Recently, I saw a picture of a table with so many gadgets on them. Uh, there was a Shudler, if you know what a Shudler was back then. There, there was a notepad, there was a the calculator, there was a calendar, there was a lot of things on that table. And what they said next was that all these things you see on this table, everything is on your mobile phone right now. Like, it is crazy how that is. You know, back then, this is they still sell scanners, right? But I can actually use my phone to do a scanner, and then I'll send the documents, right? I don't need to go to a computer store. Cyber Cafe, yeah. I don't need to go to Cyber Cafe to upload anything or surf the net. I, cannot just, I can do it on my phone. When I opened Facebook in 2010, let me just give you one sweet gist. I put Facebook in 2010 and I wanted to upload a picture. Now, I took this picture at a studio. So I had the hard copy of that picture. I wanted to upload. I was so excited to upload my picture. If I show you that picture right now, you're like, what is this? <laughs> I was not like a regular girl. I was a tomboyish. I still wore girls' clothes, but I enjoyed wearing guys' clothes too. So I took a picture. I, I sewed one top like that and I took a picture of myself wearing you know, full guys attire and I, I posed in a very ridiculous way. Well, anyway, I went to Cyber Cafe with that picture and I told the man to help me upload it. The guy just laughed. <laughs> but he uploaded it for me. Imagine, I wanted to upload a picture. I walked to a Cyber Cafe, gave the man the picture, gave him some money and opened my Facebook there. I told him to help me upload the picture on Facebook. <laughs> but now, all I gotta do is open my phone, put up my Facebook and upload a picture for my, my gallery or for my camera. See how easy it is. So things have changed and nobody should tell you otherwise. Back then in, in, in education sector, they, they've used a lot of things. But there's something that they're also using, the calculators. You know the calculators was introduced in the 1960s. It was a major breakthrough then. No more. No more. No more one, two, three, four, you know, counting on your fingers, trying to multiply. I saw a, a clip of Gifted. Gifted is a movie that was released in 20, 2007, I guess. And, you know, there's this gifted lady. in had a gifted family. And this girl could do maths in her head. Huh? <laughs> I can't. Right? But, you know, people, when, when calculators came about, they were excited about it because it was amazing. It took a load off of a lot of people. It was a major breakthrough for engineers and scientists who had to manually perform complex mathematical calculations. And as these devices became more common, they quickly found their way into classrooms and found, became a valuable tool for teaching maths and science to students. And calculators are here to stay. It's just the form it comes as my change back then we used to buy scientific calculators because that's the one that had the sine, tan, cosine and all other things. But you see, 
on your phone right now you have a calculator you have a calendar you have a notepad you have a, a camera you have a lot of things you have the calculator i used it today till now we still have the physical calculators because people just like using those things not that they cannot use their phones. so the 1970s saw the emergence of computers which quickly found their way into schools by the 1980s initially it was used mainly for computer programming classes, but computers soon became an essential tool for a variety of other subjects as well. So from the calculators, they had calculators, but then computers were also something that was used back then. But there's a difference between how computers were used back then now. I know you say, yes, the computers are still here. So what are you saying? Hear me out. Back in the day, computers were used like in a secondary school, in a primary school. They'll tell you that, ah, this is a computer class, right? But that computer class is giving you nothing practical. I'm learning how to label the computer. I'm learning how to, uh, what the parts of the computer was, what they're used for. The theoretical aspects is what we use computers for. Then, once in a semester or in a term, we'll all line up in front of the computer just to type in our names. That was it. That was it, bro. That was it. But now things have changed. Your child, your two-year-old child can start programming at the age from when they can actually start operating a computer. When I have my kids, hi, hey, baby, welcome to the world, baby. Take this is your computer, not access. You don't have, um, you're not, not using social or anything, you're just going to learn the things without internet on that computer. Things that you cannot do with internet, you know, on that computer because you're still a kid, you have to respect that. So, computers were here and they were here before, they're here now. They allowed students to conduct research. When computers came about, people were so excited. Oh, my gosh. So people who didn't need computers for anything, they were excited. And when it not entered, you know, turned into laptops. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I saw an episode of Friends. If you have not seen Friends, well, sorry about that. But I saw an episode of Friends when Chandler was excited about his new laptop. And it was like, wow, this laptop has the memory I was calling, eh? Oh my gosh, my, if you give me a phone with this, those, those descriptions, I will tell you that you should take that phone and do something with it. Don't give it to me, right? And when he listed all the things that he was saying that the computer could do, all the bad, uh, bad things, uh, good things that the computer could do, then they asked him, so what are you going to be using them for? He said, uh, games and stuff. <laughs> Nothing. He does not use 2% of what this computer can use. He can't. Anyway... Computers came and it was a breakthrough for students, for researchers, for scientists, because come on, isn't computer a, a, a relief? Like, oh, I can't imagine life without having a computer anymore because I've grown so accustomed to it. Of course, I use my phones for a lot of things, my phones to type, my phone to do a lot of things. But when it comes to editing, audio editing, video editing, even if you can use your phone, but you need the greatest and the easiest way just to use a computer. Well, technology, T for tanks. But then came the smart board in the 1990s, the late 1990s. There's this interactive whiteboards that you were using. It was introduced and became popular in schools in the 2000s. You know, these innovative devices allowed teachers to display digital content and interact with, you know, it, with, with those content using touch screens. It made lessons more interactive and engaging. They also allow students to collaborate and work together on projects. Yeah. 
And right now, of course, because a lot of big screen televisions, can, they can have touch screens. People still use those things as well. You see, when you're watching an FBI film or a CIA movie or something, and you see the way they're just moving, moving things. Even when you watch Grey's Anatomy now, Grey's Anatomy now, they upload, they'll go for a scan or an x-ray, upload it on their digital board, and the person is moving the the thing on the board and you're like oh this is really cool even if it's just moving stuff around it is still cool it doesn't take that away and that is the smart board it started back then but it has been perfected now but nothing is perfect right it can only get better and with that i'm going to say that is all we have for you today on how education has uh, grown of course there are so many more but you know now we cannot exhaust everything today or should i tell you another one should I? <laughs> Somebody's nodding here. So Lillian, tell me more. Tell me more. I think I should just tell you about some. There's one I want to just talk about. And this is a tape recorder. If you've heard me talk for a while, you know I, I make references to movies a lot. That is because when I m- watch movies, I'm not just watching movies because I want to see the plot or anything. I'm noticing everything around them. What kind of technology are they using? What are they doing? How are they using it? What? Fr- Somebody was seeing a movie and in that movie they were reading the Miranda rights. The Miranda rights are those words that a police officer is supposed to tell you before they arrest you. Officer of the law. Police, FBI, anybody is supposed to arrest, say to you before, before they arrest you. That is... You're under arrest and anything that you can you do or say can be used against you in the court of law. If you have the right to an attorney, if you don't have one, one will be provided for you. You know that Miranda rights. And when the person was saying that I was reciting it as, as, alongside that, although I'm not saying verbatim now, but I was doing that. The person was like, how did you know that? I said, bro, <laughs> I watched Rookie, I watched Castle, I watched Will Trent. So in that Will Trent, Will Trent uses tape recorders because he's dyslexic. He cannot read properly, so he uses tape recorders to do things. Now, that is how it was used back then, too, you know, in education. People use it in language labs to record and playback of audio of foreign languages, allow students to practice their listening and speaking skills. Tape recorders were used so much back then in some subjects in school. There was also what people call Telegraph. Telegraph was invented in the mid-1800s, but it was still used in the early 1900s for communication. And it allowed students and teachers to communicate with each other over long distances. So if you look at it, technology has evolved tremendously, right? Back then, it was, you know, they were just talking about how people can understand things and see things clearly. But they're now looking at it from a broader perspective. How can I collaborate with someone, my, my lecturer? in an advanced world because not in nigerian universities many nigerian universities where you need to be using uh, a paper and pen all you have to do is use your computer log into your gmail and in, in your gmail you see so many features that you can use and the words or whatever it is that you're writing can be shared you as you're editing your 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 lecturer can edit your professor can edit edit as well so things are now better but we should always grow with tech no, just allow tech to grow on your own. Grow with tech. Don't leave tech behind. Tech did not leave you behind. On that note, I'll say bye-bye. Next time, I'll tell you how tech has evolved in other fields of study. Okay? Other fields in the world. My name is Lily and I listen to Africa Tech Radio. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.